Welcome back to seeing life from a different angle. I want to uh, take this opportunity to thank all those people who have been listening and have been faithful listeners to this podcast. Um, it does seem at times to be rather haphazard with the daily thoughts and these different ideas popping up here and there, but I really appreciate you um, and your patience while I try to figure out where this is going to go, um, what the podcast is going to ultimately be about. It does seem to vacillate a great deal. Um, sometimes it seems to be more psychological, sometimes more philosophical, sometimes more religious. And hopefully the goal is to combine all three of these things into some deeper insight. And again, the idea of seeing life from a different perspective, it's kind of getting a different perspective on what it is that we ordinarily see and trying to, at the same time, you know, come to view it from a different angle you know, in hopes that it will be enlightening for us. Uh, as as uh, one of my friends had said, you know, those aha moments. You know, I, I was thinking about this the other day, about this um, beggar that was by the side of the road. You know, we think we, we all have seen them, um, you know, sitting beside the road or standing beside the road looking for help. You know, our, our natural inclination is to ride right by, to act as if they're not there, you know, when they come walking by the car to kind of turn our face so that we don't see them. And it's an interesting thing because it's one of those moments where, you know, we can look not only at this from a question of whether or not we have mercy for these people or love for these people, and we can see it from a religious perspective but we can also see it from a philosophical perspective as well as a psychological perspective. You know, in church on Sunday, Saturday, I go to church on Saturdays, but um, my wife and I were in church and, and the, the gospel at the Catholic Mass was about um, this man who had asked Jesus to arbitrate, basically, and to say to this man's brother, you know, yes, you know, you need to give him his portion of his inheritance. And Jesus responded with a parable about a farmer who had developed such a harvest, he had had such a harvest, that he needed to build a bigger barn. And in so doing, he built this big barn, but the thing is that he failed to recognize that, you know, that night he was going to die. And, you know, all he could think of was, oh, you know, I've got all this extra grain, all this extra food, and so I can eat, drink, and be merry for years to come and not have to worry about doing anything. And the thought occurred to my mind, as I'm sure it did to many people, is that, you know, what about all those people that he could have given that extra food to? You know, if he needed to build a bigger barn, that meant that he had more than he needed, more than he could possibly use, certainly within that period of time. And there were all those people out there that he could have given something to. And so from the question of, you know, that desire to give to others what it is that, from a religious perspective, doesn't even belong to us. You know, we, we are blessed to have this opportunity to harvest so much from this earth and to to gain so much, you know, whether it is products from this earth or whether it is monies or whether it is possessions of a variety of different things you know we we a we laud individuals for their materialism and how 
big their houses are and all these other types of things and yet you know it reminds me of that that quote from the bishop's wife with Cary Grant and David Niven where he says you know that the, the bishop wants to build this great cathedral and Cary Grant who is an angel says to him you know that roof could make a lot of little roofs you know there's a lot of poverty out there in other words and there's a lot of people who could benefit from all the things that you would give them by just giving them this roof you know by helping them build their own homes you know and and on church on sunday or saturday you know the priest had told us that we had had a missionary there recently and someone from the parish had given the mission twenty thousand dollars which is an incredible amount of money but you think about it to us you know as americans or most places in the world we we don't think about the fact that over a billion people in this world live on less than a dollar a day you know that's what they make that's how they live and you know here's twenty thousand dollars that is given to this individual from this mission in africa and this twenty thousand dollars can build an, an incredible amount of uh, storage spaces for water that these villagers can have all this water that they could not garner or they could not save because they didn't have anything to save it in you know and and it's an amazing thing to consider you know when you when you think about or drive through these different towns and you see these homes that are you know 25,000 square feet or um, you know, pool people with pools in their backyards. That, that's wonderful. There's nothing wrong with having a pool. There's nothing wrong with having a big house. The question is, why? Why do we do that? And here we come into the psychological piece. Why is it that our propensity is not to give to the beggar on the side of the street? You know, to look past them, to turn our face away from them. You know, why is it that we tend to hold on to these things? You know, this morning, my wife and I were talking briefly about our dogs. We have two dogs. And I was saying to her, you know, it's, it's interesting how it is that, you know, dogs will eat the other dog's food or take the other dog's snack without any consideration for the other animal. And it's almost as if to say, you know, I need this and I'm going to take this and I'm going to keep this for myself. And it doesn't matter whether or not the other animal in this case gets food or not it doesn't matter to me you know because dogs don't have a conscience you know and that's key do we have a conscience of course we do you know we have this conscience that says to us or you know at some deeper level and i believe and as i've talked about before at a, you know in that space of wide open reality a conscience that says you know we are part of the same family you know we are all children of god you know, and our goal is not to not do harm to others, but to do good by others and by ourselves. But ultimately, there is this part of each of us that despite the fact that we have a conscience, this part of us that says, I must survive more than I just need to be careful and caring about what it is that the other needs. When we go back to the metaphor of the of the ships that are in a convoy that C.S. Lewis talked about, more often than not, our first and foremost thought is, and it seems like it's, 
it seems worse now than it's ever been. I suspect it's not. We just pay attention to it differently and we see it more constantly because we have a 24-hour news cycle. But it seems like our propensity is I need to steer my ship toward the goal that I'm aiming toward. And we, if we're lucky, or if others are lucky, we'll say that, then I won't do them any harm, you know. But the truth of it is, you know, this guy who's begging on the street corner, you know, what would it take for us to give him a dollar? What would it take for us to give him five dollars? You know, what would it take for us to pray for him? Really, very little. Very little. You know, less than a cup of coffee, you know, you could give this guy the opportunity for a meal. But more importantly, I believe that you give this guy an opportunity to recognize that there are others in their life in life that do care that he is an important part of life that he is significant and i guess that's the key is like we we look past these individuals in life as if they're not significant but when we think about the third realm within which lewis talked about morality you know that third realm was that we are all children of God. We are all part of the same family. And should it not be an opportunity for us to be able to say to another person, you matter, I see you. I'm not going to ignore you. I'm not going to look past you. I may not have anything to give you. I may be poor as well. I may not have a dollar bill to even give you, but I will pray for you. I see you and I understand you and I want to be there for you. And that's part of what it is we have a conscience about. We develop these consciences, as Freud talked about, as a byproduct of the experiences of our lives. And, and we develop them in a way that comes about because of our relationships significantly so with our parents. You know, how do we contend with this myopic reality that we now live in with our parents and the world that they live in? How do we delve into and deal with fear? But these things they capture us, they hold us back, they stop us from living a full life, not just for ourselves, but in a relationship to other people. You know, so we have this choice, we have this opportunity. It's like I talked about last week, what is the purpose of life? The purpose of life is to help others get back to that wide open reality where they have a relationship and a connection with God. And yet, our tendency is to say to ourselves, like the dogs, well, it's mine and I can take it and I have it and I garnered it and I, I earned it, whatever the case might be. And so, you know, I'm going to hold on to it out of fear that I may not have it again or that I may lose it or that my ego will say you're starving and you need something more and I'm going to make sure that you get it. You know, but the truth of it is, if we let our egos dictate every path that we take in our lives, if we let our egos make the determination for us out of fear that we will hold on to whatever it is we have from a dollar to our home to every bit of our possessions, what we're going to end up doing is we're going to find ourselves not living a full life because a full life means we consider the purpose of life and the purpose of life means we consider other human beings. And so I would encourage you to think about the choices that you're making, to encourage you to think about whether or not you really see other people 
You know, or do you only look in the mirror and see yourself and not consider that the mirror you're looking through could also be a piece of glass where you could see others and their needs and their longings and their desperation. Be well.